word of prayer. Father, I'm just so thankful for your word and that you watch over your word to perform perform it, God. And I thank you for each person that's here, God. I just believe that there's a divine appointment. There's a reason that we're all here, God, as we open your word together. Holy Spirit, just open the eyes of our understanding. Use my lips, all of you and none of me, I just pray, God, that you just minister to your sheep, Holy Spirit. Father, you just love us so much, God. As we open it up, we just want to give you thanks in advance for what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What do you think about the stage? It just feels so open for feedback. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I know uh, being up here, just I feel like there's a lot more of a connection, even during the music. So for what it is, amen. Uh, we're going to start in the book of John, John 10.10. 10. I don't know that I ever share without uh, turning here. This is kind of a, a great divide in the, in the Word of God. In John 10.10. 10. A lot of us know it by heart. I know it by heart, but it's good to feast our eyes. Because sometimes when we start taking a... We think we have a revelation on it, on a certain scripture... And we have that patent, we put that stamp on there. God, how many know that God has many levels and he can take us, give us new revelation, new understanding. So we need to be humble for his word. It says in 10.10 of John, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. And what color are these letters in your Bible? Mine are red. Right? This is Jesus. His words. So it says that the thief has some plans for us. His first plan is to what? Steal. Why? What is he? What? What do you think he's coming to steal from us? He's coming to steal our joy. He's coming to steal the word of God, because we can carry His word. Because when uh, Jesus said, "I'm going to the Father," greater work shall you do, because I leave the Holy Spirit. And this word is spirit. Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh. This is Jesus. This is his, his word given to us. So as we read his word, we're learning more about him, and we're building up our spirit, spirit man. So we need to realize that we have an enemy that's coming to steal from us. Amen? So Satan comes to steal this word. That's why we, we're here today. We're here to, to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. And um, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to get a little frame for our subject. 2 Corinthians, in verse 5. A lot of us know these scriptures. Starting in 17, it says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all... All these things are from God, who reconciled us himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. How many are thankful that our trespasses are not counted against us? Amen? And um, I know uh, in 1 Corinthians it talks about love is patient, love is kind. Love does not take account there's a lot of us, I don't know who it is, maybe there's somebody even in here, hopefully not, maybe it's another church, that 
in a marriage sometimes I know it's easy to keep track and take an account. Yeah. We, we need to be bad bookkeepers, amen, in our marriages. I know when, when my wife and I, for, I'd say 99% of the time, it's really easy for us to just say we're sorry. That goes a long way because we strive for peace, amen? So we need to strive for peace, and we need to be thankful that God does not count our trespasses against us. It says here, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is the key one. 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's good news. So Jesus, we, you know, we sing a lot of songs about that. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become. You know, we these songs. That's based on that scripture. He, became, he was made sin. He became it. He was made, right? He was made sin. Jesus did not commit any sins, right? He became sin in our place. Who here has done any, any act of righteousness on their own? None of us. That was a good exchange. He became sin that we might become what he was. Now we can be made righteous. Jesus was made to be sin, although he didn't commit it, right? He received our sin. He also received everything else, all of our garbage. He received our sickness, our hurt, our pain, our oppression. Whatever you're going through, he's already taken it upon himself, and he's already become it that we might receive from him. And he had to receive it by faith. We have to receive from him by faith. It's, he, by faith, took upon himself all of our junk. And he allowed that sickness, by faith, to kill him on that cross. And he went to hell by faith, and he was risen from the dead by faith. You know what it says in Hebrews? 11.6, that without faith is impossible to please him. So you could say on the flip, with faith you can please him. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for faith today. So we, we have received his righteousness by faith. We have to receive his healing by faith. We have to receive the Holy Ghost by faith. And how does someone hear? By hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing. So hopefully today, as you hear, if you have open ears, to hear what he's saying, faith comes by hearing. So how do we receive anything from God? It's in Ephesians. Let's go there. How do we receive from him? <clears throat> Real basic stuff today, but it's important. Amen? We have to have our foundations, right? Ephesians 2 All of Ephesians is good. It's hard to know where to start. Hmm. Let's start in uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 4. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together. 
Father, we thank you for life and abundance to the full. Although the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Lord, we just thank you that you have a better plan. Father, you plan for us life and abundance to the full till it overflows. More than enough, God. We thank you that we prosper in everything when we look to you. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, you made us alive together with you. With Christ, it says, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? In order, I wrote why on the side of mine. In order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. So everything that we receive from God has to be by grace, through faith. That's how we're saved, amen? That's how we're healed. That's how we receive any good thing from him. He's looking for faith today. And I want to let you know there's no gray line. That's why I said John 10, 10 is a division there. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came not for that, but to give you life and abundance to the full. So if you don't have life and abundance to the full, you've accepted the lie. Because it says in the word that the devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies. So if you're receiving his junk, you settle for less than God has planned for you. He does not want you to wallow in, in pain and agony, but because of ignorance, Hosea 4.6, for lack of instruction, my people suffer. God does not want us hurting. He wants us restored. In uh, 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I desire, I pray, I want more than anything for you to be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. But if, if your soul isn't prospering, which is your mind and your will and your emotions, nothing else works. So if your mind is not renewed and you don't have this word in there, when, when somebody comes to you with a bunch of junk, you're going to just be like, oh, that could be, I don't know. It, yeah. it didn't work for you, but it says that in the Bible, but if it didn't work for you, no, that's, that's not it. There's so many places in the word that we, we need to, and you don't have to have all these memorized. I don't have all of these memorized, but get a couple uh, nuggets that you can hold on to. But what I was saying is there is no gray line in there. Um, God is not uh, good and bad and it all mixed up. I'll, I'll explain. Um, the devil is the one who comes to steal, right? Kill and destroy. Some people might say um, this sickness might be a blessing in disguise. Have you ever heard that? I've heard Christians say that and non-Christians. Where does that come from? I've never seen any verse and, verse and chapter of that. Satan is a liar and the father of it. Another person might say, well, maybe God put this on us to teach us something. How would God put it on you? If I remember, Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. And it says in the Word that Jesus went about laying hands on the sick. Mm -hmm. And they recovered. So yeah, how? he's a father of light. There's no shadow of turning in him. There's, no, there's a bird flu I've heard of, but there's no God flu. So God, if God touches you, you're going to be healed. Amen? So that, that excuses that one. And maybe, you know, some people say, <coughs> like you cough, 
cuff at work. Somebody say, oh, you're catching that. So somebody might, is God going to try to like put that on you with, with, with his, his speech? It says, well, God sent his word and healed them, yeah. right? That, I believe it's uh, Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed their diseases. So if God touches you or if he, he speaks to you, you're going to be doing better off. Amen? Because there's nothing but life. God is life. Amen? In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from him and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He remains the same. Amen? And I was going to look up the, the actual definition of what it means to be righteous. That's one of the subjects we're kind of touching on today because a lot of us walk around, and I've, I've done the same when we mess up, the devil is the accuser of, of us. He's the accuser of the brethren. I mean, he does torment sinners, but when he comes after us, he tries to, like me even coming up here today, it's like, oh yeah, you've played guitar since you were a teenager, but you've only preached maybe 20 times in your whole life. What qualifies you? You know, don't you remember what you said or that thought you had the other day when somebody cut you off? You know, did you, did you want to give them the one finger wave? You know, I didn't, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We all we have moments. I'm just saying we're being real. Um, so we have. Th I'm just saying there are things that we that we need to deal with. <laughs> so we need to, we need to stay on, on track here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> righteousness, right? One way to, that I've heard righteousness talked about is to be in right standing with the Father, to be justified in his sight, just as if yeah. sin had never existed, as if Adam and Eve had never fallen to temptation. There's, there's nothing between us and the Father. What a wonderful feeling, right? So I've heard another person say that rightness is, is totally, completely, absolutely, all-consumingly right, and that in God there's not one single thing that is not right. And when we sin, we fall short. <coughs> That's when we are unrighteous, right? But in 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we do fall short, that's a great place to go. Just like I said, if I offend my wife, there's times that I get a little snarky and I know what buttons to push and I've had a bad day and she's like, can you do one more thing? And I'm like, there's not one more thing in here, but instead of saying that, I just... Right? Okay. Yep. <laughs> and there's a piece of paper I copied at, at work. I hung up one time, and just more for comedy, I said, why is mom mad? But it's, <laughs> but, but it's because this, the laundry is built up. We have six people, and one person does most. I do my own, but she does all the, those little socks. It's just, ugh. But anyway, there, so stress can be built up, and we, we can lose it. So that's why we quickly have to run to each other. And I know there have probably been, we've been married almost 13 years, there's probably been a couple nights that we slept on the couch or whatever, whatever, I mean, to be honest with you. But we need to not do that with the Lord. When, what? Get rid of the couch. Yeah. Bring it into the bedroom, right? Um, 
but that's what we need to not do with the Lord. When we, when we fail, we need to run to him. It's like the other example I heard say once is, uh, like if you, uh, let's say your car is running really bad. I'm not a mechanic, so I'll probably, I'm not going to use a lot of terminology that makes me exposed any more than I need to. But let's just say your car is not running right and it conks out, it dies right there at the mechanic's door. And they're like, what kind of gas? What have you been putting in it? You put diesel in there by accident? It's just knocking and sputtering. And then, yeah, I try to save some money. Well, I'm not going to save any money on the repair because you've got to take, the, take it all apart, put a new crankshaft, build this and that, and clean it all out. And so you get the bill, and it's running really great. And then you go and do it again. But how, sometimes when you're short on money, you say, oh, that's, you know, like I see right now in my car, there's a check engine light. I haven't checked it. I just, I, I, actually the other day, because my car won't start, <coughs> my car won't start, uh, automatic start if there's a light on. So I took the terminal post off, put it back on. Oh, the light's gone. Now it will start. But, so we need to maintain our relationship with the Lord and not allow this, the slug to build up. So I guess what I'm saying is when we, when we do fall short, and we need to learn to be sensitive and say, Father, I, forgive me. I just want to repent. I want to move. Um, and we just need to pray the blood of Jesus, amen, and move on and not be like beating ourselves in the head over it and making it a bigger thing. And know that um, condemnation is not from God when it comes to sin. The devil's the one who beat, needs to beat our brains in. Um, and know that we're coming from a place of victory when it comes to the things of the Lord, not a place where we're trying to obtain it. There's some song I heard, I don't know, I've heard a couple of them, and I'm not saying every song I've ever written is 100% scriptural, but I've heard some where they're like, uh, you know, just like, we're begging you, God. We're, you know, we're not in that position. We d I can't remember which one I just read, but was it Ephesians? He raised him up and seated us with him in heavenly places. I mean, that's where we rule and reign. And the only way that, if we take our mind off the word, we take our mind off of Christ, then the devil can, can get in here and tell us these lies. He's, he's coming after us. What was the first thing I said? The devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He can't steal if you're aware. It also talks about, I think it's in First or Second, First Peter, talks about how he comes as a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. Well, he can't devour you if you're watching. If you've got a big stick and you've got a fire surround you, come on. You're going to get burned. He's not a lion anyway. He has no teeth. He has no authority. Luke 10, 19 says the believer has... Let's read it because I'm going to misquote it. Luke 10, 19. Authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all forms of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall harm you. Amen? So we need to receive what God has given us. We need to take it. The pastor was talking about, you know, the violent taketh by force. We need to clamp hold of God's word, and we need to take a hold of, of his promises and hold them near and dear. We can't try to make God redo what he's already done on the cross. We don't come here and, and you know, there are people who come and say, you know, they want healing. Obviously, God's will is for people to be healed, and we, you know, especially if they're a baby Christian, we, we're going to lay hands on them, we're going to pray them. But the best thing to do is, is to get understanding that we are already saved and healed but the first step is to receive christ as your savior and if there's somebody in this this room that does not know jesus as a savior today is a day of salvation for you because i'm preaching the word of god today and you can you can have faith today to believe it says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. That's all you have to do. And he's going he's gonna to prompt you to take the next step. And small steps of obedience. And God will lead you down that path. So by grace, through faith, everything that we have and everything that we are. So we need to stop working for it and start resting in the finished work. Amen? I don't know if you guys consider yourself spiritual warfares, warriors, sorry. Um, but it talks a little bit about that in the book of Ephesians. How many know that we were in a, a battle in the spirit? We start talking about righteousness, and it talks about one of the pieces of armor, I believe, here. Amen. Ephesians 6. Ten, Ephesians six ten, it says finally be strong or stay strong in the Lord, and in the strength of His might put on the full armor of God, that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, to which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. And I want to touch on that with the, right, the breastplate of righteousness. I've heard it taught, you know, and this is the, what, very inspiring when I heard it. Um, the, they're talking about the breastplates, how shiny they were, and they, they polished them up. And when they would come crest the hill and the sun would hit those, the enemy was just blinded. With, with that, and it's the same way when the devil comes against us, there's that, that glory of the Lord when we're walking in his righteousness with his armor and he comes against us. He doesn't even know if it's Jesus or just Jesus in us. So he's already been defeated because greater is he that's in us, amen, than he that's in the world. So we need to walk with his authority and take authority over what he tells us to. He gives us victory over these things. So we need to stand. This is what spiritual warfare is, a definition I found. Standing and resting on what Jesus has already accomplished. Refusing to budge. It is not you trying to obtain victory. It is you maintaining the victory that he has already obtained. And you can say that whether it's healing, whether it's bills that need to be paid. Put that in, the, in place of this. Standing and resting on what Jesus has already done. Refusing to budge. It is not you trying to obtain this victory. It is you maintaining the victory that has already been obtained. And we, we all know that the devil, like I said, is the accuser of the brethren. But how many knows, <coughs> says, submit yourself unto God. Submit yourself to studying. Submit yourself to fellowship. Resist the enemy and he shall flee. So this, we need to resist. When we hear a lie, we need to be able to have a filter. And 2 Corinthians... 
Second Corinthians. I know I'm bouncing all around, but I'm going to just go with the flow here. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So God gives us the responsibility to take captive thoughts that come into our, our realm. Any, any words that we hear, whether it's talking about us or talking to us, we don't have to receive it's a, a doctor's report. If the doctor's report is against the word of God and gives you an evil report, let's stick with the word of God, amen? Now, if you're on medicine and he hasn't given you that revelation that you need to go off, stay with the medicine. God can use doctors. I'm not saying that, but you need to follow his word. If, if anybody ever gets up here and spouts off anything that's not him, um, I've had a, a teacher I used to sit under, and he said even an even a old cow knows better than to spit out the sticks and get the hay. So... Like I said, sometimes you might hear something, but just like I've been at churches where I had to wait a while to get a word, but man, that word was sweet. Because it, if you're just here, like I said, not every, like I've heard pastors say, not every week is for you, but if you're, if you're just be planted uh, where God puts you, you're going you're gonna to have growth. and you're gonna, One day you're going to be touched. Another day you're going to be able to help someone. So we're, we're a community here. So we need to have that breastplate of righteousness, and we have to have the helmet of salvation. All of these pieces, we, you can't have any uh, weak points in this armor because we need to have faith that conquers fear. Because I, I haven't really done the study I need to. I know I quote it more often than I should, but I've heard that um, in, the, in the Word of God that it, he says, fear not, do not fear, more than 365 times in the Word. And that's how many days we have in a year. There's not one day we should be walking around wallowing in fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen? But love and power and a sound mind. That's my God. We have a good God. Amen? <laughs> Father, we thank you. You're so good. So we need to confess <coughs> daily, I am the righteousness of God. Can you guys say that now? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even when you're going through, when you've had a bad day, this is the test. Let's say you mess up. I've even heard it. Yeah, you guys are mature enough. I heard one pastor saying that he was telling this guy that was struggling with... Uh, smoking marijuana. And he said, and he was a Christian brother. He was just had that as a, an old fleshy thing that was hanging on. He said, every time you think about it, he said, say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said, well, what about when I put in my fingers? He said, say, I am the righteousness of God. He said, well, what about when I have the lighter in my other hand? Say, I am the righteousness of God. He said, but what about when I take a little... He said, I am the right. So he kept confessing it. And he said, after like a week, the guy said, I have no flavor for it anymore. <laughs> so sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, you got to confess the word of God. Call, faith calls those things that be not 
and we are proclaiming that we are the righteousness of God. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of it, but we need to put his word before our hearts. We need to give his word an opportunity. And some people might say, well, yeah, you're only righteous until you mess up. But he did not need you to behave right in order for him to, take, to make you righteous. Amen? Another person say, is this just giving us a license to sin? You don't need a license to sin. You've been sinning fine without one. I'm not looking at anybody right now. <laughs> no, but it's true. But no, it doesn't give us a license to sin. I mean, as, as he's given us more grace, obviously we, we want to please him. The closer I get to my wife, the more time we spend together. I mean, I've never had any temptation from another woman, but... You know what I mean? It's not about that. Spending time with making today, taking time with the Lord and developing your friendship with Him and with your wife. Even when you mess up, it's you can start again with the Lord and with your wife. If you've messed up, you can start over, and God can restore these relationships. Amen. Yeah. Nothing is impossible for Him. We are a new creation, and. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we are a new creation. We're not sinners. Amen? A lot of people say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, are you a sinner or are you saved by grace? <laughs> yes, that's our past, but, but do, do we identify? Sometimes we have fleshy moments, but that, does that make us a sinner? Like we're not even in the fold? I know my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we are a spirit. We got to take into account that we are a spirit being. When we're born again, our spirit is born again. Our body is left alone to itself. And he tells us to renew the mind, to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to his word. So we need to work on some things, amen? So when we're born again, when we say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my savior, 33.3% of us is one with God. Now, we have to maintain our relationship, and we need to buffet our body like Paul did. We need to, if, if I'm going to live on this planet for the most potential amount of years, well, I can't just be eating everything and not moving. And don't, That'll preach to me right now. Amen? We just got over the holidays, so it's time to maybe turn some things around. <coughs> hmm. So how do I, we identify? Do you guys know the story of Tarzan? The jungle? I know it's kind of random. But who was Tarzan raised by? Anybody know? Well, I've read that he was raised by apes. But wolves, apes. He identified in the original, I believe, as an ape. So until he saw a man, and he's like, well, wait a minute. Those guys are doing something different. And then I didn't watch the old movie, but it, from what I hear, he, he went down to the, after seeing the human, he went and washed his face in the water. And he's like, oh, I look more like them. So he was able to identify with them. How are we identifying? Are we identifying with our Father God? It's, it tells us as, that we're supposed to be imitating him. We're supposed to be imitating him by speaking. And I know when, when in the beginning, there was darkness. And God didn't say, man, it's so dark. Jesus, Holy Spirit, are you okay? You're hovering. I think you're hovering, but it's so dark. No, he said, light be. And there was light. And the same thing, when, when we're sinners, 
before we knew Christ, we do we just walk in the flesh and we don't even take any thought about what we do and what we say. But when we hear about this Jesus and we call upon his name, we say, Jesus, be my savior. And he comes into your life and he changes everything. And there's no longer dark. There's light. There's life in abundance to the full. So we need to let that life continue to flow and we need to let him have his way. If you constantly focus on your weakness and your unrighteous ways, then you're going to be stronger in those areas. I'm just encouraging you today. Do you guys believe that Jesus lives in you? Then say, Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in me. If he lives in you, he's going to keep working, working on you and in you. He's faithful. And that's one more scripture I want to end here with. It's in Philippians 1.6. Quickly, I'll just say, it says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. I pray that a lot. I thank God that he loved me enough to accept me how I was. And no matter where you're at, whatever you've done and gone through, he will take you today as you are. But he loves us too much to let us remain that way. He's gonna, he wants to change us from glory to glory, victory to victory. And here's some notes I took randomly at work, and I, just, I was going to share them with you. Exactly what the blood is saying to us. Maybe you can confess this with me. These are things uh, that the blood is saying to us. Say, I am purified, clean, spotless, sanctified, healed, victorious by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, secure forever, sealed, forgiven, in covenant standing, justified, righteous, delivered, not my own, above and not beneath, blessed, covered completely, redeemed entirely, made new, restored. You can come to the throne with confidence, boldly, because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your blood. Lord, that we can come into your throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we belong to you. And at the sound of my voice, if there's anybody here that does not know the Lord, Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. With all eyes closed, I'd like you to take this opportunity to just let me know just by raising, raising your hand and let me know I need to know the, the Lord today. I have not made that decision. If there's anybody here today, this is the day of salvation, and God is knocking on your heart if you feel that your heart's racing and, and you have not made that decision. It's something that you feel you need to do. The Lord is prompting you. Today is the day. Don't waste the opportunity. The Spirit of God is moving today. Thank you, Lord.